Unlearning is going to be a process, first and foremost. It's not going to be something that happens overnight because you didn't learn these habits overnight. It's also going to be uncomfortable because it's going to force you to ask yourself the tough questions about this thing and how it's affecting you. So first, um, acknowledging it. And then second, once you've acknowledged that there's an issue, committing to being proactive about doing something different, doing things a different way. So first that I challenge people to take a look as to how this thing is affecting your life. What are the negative effects of this thing? Because of imposter syndrome, how has that affected your ability to be a quote unquote successful business owner uh, and success is defined by you. You can't let other people define that for you, but whatever that means to you, how has that affected your ability to bring on clients or to close deals or to negotiate or whatever that thing is, but how has it prevented you from showing up as your best self as an entrepreneur? And really sitting down and writing a list out of what that has looked like for you. Successful brands are rooted in purpose and driven by the potential to make a positive impact on their customers. Welcome to The Pursuit of Purpose with Amy Austin. Each week, Amy brings you practical advice to embrace the power of purpose in all aspects of your business and transform it into the central storyline for your branding and marketing strategies. Welcome to this week's episode of The Pursuit of Purpose. My guest this week, Cache Bird Prescott, has her own podcast called All Things Unlearned. And when she posted about this new podcast in a Facebook group that I'm in for women podcasters, I was intrigued by the idea in the way that she described it. And my introduction to her was, I said, you know, I think in order for us to live a real purposeful and intentional life, we encounter a lot of things that we need to unlearn. Can we have a conversation about that? And her answer was yes, and she wholeheartedly agreed with me. Our entrepreneurial journey is filled with things that we need to unlearn. So I hope you'll join me for this conversation with Cache Bird Prescott. As we progress as people and in our business, we have a lot of things that we have to unlearn in order to become successful in life. And so, Cache, welcome to the show. Can you just give us a little bit of background about who you are and what you do? Sure. And thanks for having me, Amy. Yes, <laughs> there's so much on the topic of unlearning. So I'm excited to dive into this conversation with you, especially in the world of entrepreneurship. As you mentioned, I'm Cache, and I just started my podcast. So it was launched probably about three weeks ago at this point in time, and it's called All Things Unlearned. And so I exert I really kind of focus on unlearning as a form of learning and but more specifically as a means to personal growth and personal transformation. So I have the privilege of talking to people about their specific personal unlearning journeys. And I try to talk to people from all ages and stages and, you know, no matter how old you are or, or what your experience is or where you're from, you know, people are unlearning things, even though they may not call it that they are learning to do things in a different way to best serve who they want to be at a certain stage of life, you know, whether it's this current stage or a future stage of life. And so I kind of created the podcast that I wanted to hear about and that I needed to hear about because I definitely have been on my own personal unlearning journey for at 
least the past five years, <laughs> if not longer. It just felt like, uh, and I'm a teacher at heart anyway. I, I teach psychology, so I love talking about stuff related to the mind. So it was just a perfect fit for me. Great. Well, I can't wait to listen to more of your your stories that you'll share in the coming months. So let's get started with when you work with an entrepreneur, what are some common things that you find that we need, and I'm putting myself into that category <laughs> as well, that we need to unlearn? Oh my goodness. There's so many things. And, my, and I put myself in this too. Again, I notice stuff about myself. I notice stuff about other people I'd work with. So before I started working with entrepreneurs in my own business, I also worked with entrepreneurs as a director of business development for a five-star chamber of commerce. And then also as a director of a small business development center. And the one thing I was noticing um, is that even though we had conversations about, okay, this is what you need to do. And here's the plan. And let's talk this through, blah, 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 blah. It wasn't always that they didn't know how to do something or what to do. There was still something standing in that gap. And usually it was the things that were going on in their head about the situation. So some of the things that were common were just plain old unlearning fear. And, you know, fear shows its face in so many different ways. It could be as simple as procrastination because procrastination is a form of fear. And if you're the person that's kind of dragging your feet, trying to get, you know, this thing done or post this social media post for your uh, audience or to do, make a cold call or to reach out to somebody, you might tell yourself that, eh, I'm just feeling lazy, just don't want to do it. Oftentimes, though, it's much deeper than that. It really, uh, for a lot of people, it is about the fear of rejection. If I make this call, this cold call, and they say no to me, how will I feel about that? You know, what are the negative feelings? that and You don't want to feel the feelings. Com completely understandable. People don't necessarily want to be rejected. I get that. If you're dragging your foot to submit a book pr proposal, again, you may think that what you're producing is not good enough. And so there's, there's these many ways in which simple procrastination at the surface level is much deeper than that. So it could be that fear thing. It could be a fear of success as well. Interesting people, that you say that. Yeah. <laughs> I had someone mention that to me yesterday too. Can you talk a little bit more Ooh. about the fear of success? What does that, what does that look like? I mean, what, what have you found kind of is the root for that? I mean, it's probably different for everybody. So maybe that's not a good I'm question. I'm sure it could but... be because I, I've suffered from it myself. You get in this place and space of, okay, maybe this thing can work out. And so you get excited about it. And then you start to think about, wait a minute, what does that actually look like if this thing actually does work out? If I am actually able to land this client and if I am actually able to land this speaking engagement, if I am actually able to create this course and, have and fill it up with people. And so you start talking yourself out of the positive things about it. You start really honing in on the negative parts, the things that you think you might not be able to do, uh, the resources you don't think that you're able to uh, get in order to make this happen. You start honing in on your weaknesses and, and, your, and start doubting your ability to actually successfully make this thing happen. Or it can also manifest in, okay, I get this um, contract. What will that look like for my life? 
how much time will I have to actually give to this thing? Am I willing to give that much time to it? And what do, will I have to sacrifice in order to make this happen? So we get in our heads once again about these things that may or may not happen. And we start talking ourselves out of the thing that we wanted so very much. And I, I have found myself doing that quite often. It's just like, you know, you are on this conquest to get the client or get the project or get whatever it is. And then you're excited about it and you, you're, you know, like, yes. And then you have this moment of like, oh, oh, but what does that actually mean? <laughs> right. And it's scary. It can be scary at times. It is scary. And I think that's probably something that every person who's ever went into the entrepreneurial journey mm-hmm. has experienced at some point in time. Exactly. They, and, get, and, they get in their own way. And, and that's mean, exact. That's the perfect way to put it. You get in your own way and it'll look different for, you know, whomever it is. But for instance, if you're an introvert and you are, you know, want to be more purposeful and intentional about getting out there and speaking and doing these public speaking opportunities and you get that public speaking opportunity, then you might start to talk yourself out of it or fear the potential success of that, you know, what that might look like because I might get up there and I may look like an idiot. They may start to talk about me. They may say, you know, start to say negative things about me. They may see that I don't really know what I'm talking about. And it's just this snowball effect of all these things that happen. And so, like you said, you're getting in your own way and it's the stories you're telling yourself about this situation that may or may not even be true. And really, most of the time, they're not even true. (laughs) But you begin to plot this tale that doesn't, probably won't even, you know, come to fruition, so. Right, I'm thinking about, you know, how many times have I encountered a client or even how many times have I done this myself where I'm like, you know, I think I'm going to try this new idea. I'm going to present this package or this service and then it doesn't, something happens. Something, Mm -hmm. you know, you get almost to the point of releasing it into the world or you do, but you just do it in such a, a quiet unreserved exactly. way that <laughs> then when it doesn't go anywhere you think oh well it was a it must have been a bad idea well maybe it wasn't a bad idea maybe you just didn't shine a bright enough light on it and, and you set yourself up for that fulfill- yeah failure it's like that self-fulfilling prophecy exactly you no know, you you get the result that you were kind of seeking yeah and so then that really ties in with the whole concept of imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because that's a huge one. If you, I would imagine, and you can correct me if I'm wrong in making this assumption, I would imagine that if someone is constantly getting their, getting in their own way because of procrastination or the fear of success or any of those things, they're also probably dealing quite a bit with some imposter syndrome of feeling that maybe they're not they really not as good at what they do as what they think they are, or that someone is not going to believe that they're able, able, capable, willing, whatever, to be able to do the job that they believe they can. They don't believe it enough in their own heart to be able to do it. Absolutely. They are very closely linked. And I think also with social media, it can be great in a number of ways. But when it comes to this conversation about imposter syndrome, it really, really, really uh, has stoked the fire. 
of, of that particular mindset roadblock because now we have a front stage to what everybody else is doing. And, you know, quite frankly, it's their highlight reels. We don't know the work that went behind them getting to whatever point it is that they're showing to us. We don't know all the details. All we see is this perceived idea of success. They're talking about, you know, these great vacations they're taking, or, you know, I just signed this client and, you know, I'm, you know, making six figures or seven figures or whatever the case is. And you're looking at them and it seems so seamless to them. But again, we don't know what it took for them to get to that point. And so we start to question our own abilities, just the ability to, to be able to meet our clients' needs even though we could be somebody, you know, we, we could have been doing it for this for the past 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. Sometimes it has to do with your own um, kind of money roadblocks. You know, if you have these roadblocks about money and, you know, when it comes to your pricing, you may be fearful when it comes in t- terms of your pricing. Um, that's where imposter syndrome may show its ugly face when you're trying to figure out, you know, what to charge somebody for th- your services. And then if you start looking at the numbers, you get uncomfortable with charging a certain rate because you don't feel as if you're worth that. Your time is worth that. Your expertise is worth that. It also shows up when, you know, it, again, if you are potentially pitching yourself to someone, uh, sometimes you may stumble over your words when you're talking to them and you're not necessarily illustrating to that person the value you bring, even though you know you can do this hands down, you know, with a blindfold and your hands tied behind your back, you've got this. But sometimes you may get in front of a client or you might be on a consultation call and then you may start tripping up over your words because you're feeling uncomfortable. And again, you're not feeling as if you are qualified to do the job. And that comes across to people. I say this from a place and space of personal experience because that was definitely me earlier in my business where I just was fearful when it came to talking about the value that I brought to the table. I was fearful when it came to those conversations about, okay, what's the cost behind this? And it showed, and that led to me not closing quite a few clients. I got in my own way because I got in my own head right? and doubted my own abilities, even though I had the expertise, I had done the job comfortably for employers, but when it came to doing it for myself, it was a whole other picture or a whole other story rather. Right. So if some of my listeners are listening to this and feeling like, oh my gosh, they're talking about me, which I'm <laughs> guessing there will be some that will have that epiphany or, or see themselves in this conversation. What would be some tips that you would give them to try and overcome imposter syndrome or you know, allowing themselves to move out of their own way and step into a place of allowing themselves to become successful and allowing themselves to do the work that that they want to do but somehow they're sabotaging themselves without even maybe articulating or recognizing that that's what they're doing what would you tell them absolutely so first and foremost it really is about acknowledging that okay houston we have a problem (laughs) um just really being honest with yourself Because when it comes to unlearning anything, unlearning is going to be a process. First and foremost, it's not going to be something that happens overnight because you didn't learn these habits overnight. It's also going to be uncomfortable because it's going to force you to ask yourself the tough questions about this thing and how it's affecting you. So 
first, um, acknowledging it. And then second, once you've acknowledged that there's an issue, committing to being proactive about doing something different, doing things a different way. So first that I challenge people to take a look as to how this thing is affecting your life. What are the negative effects of this thing? Because of imposter syndrome, how has that affected your ability to be a quote unquote successful business owner? Uh, And success is defined by you. You can't let other people define that for you, but whatever that means to you, how has that affected your ability to bring on clients or to close deals or to negotiate or whatever that thing is? But how has it prevented you from showing up as your best self as an entrepreneur? And really sitting down and writing a list out of what that has looked like for you. How has this idea of imposter syndrome or whatever the thing is actually served you? Because it's serving you in some capacity. If this is what you're leaning on, you're getting something from it. And so also writing that down. And when you have a big picture of its negative effects and how it has been serving you, I also want you to look at how would things potentially be different if I were not to operate from this place of fear or um, not or doubting myself or not feeling enough or whatever your particular mindset roadblock might be. And so what does that look like? You know, if I'm an entrepreneur and I'm able to operate without being stuck in this place of space of feeling like an imposter, what could that look like for my business? Because you want to be clear on your why as to why this matters and why change is required. And once you have bought into your why in relation to why you feel like you should unlearn whatever that thing is, then that's where the process kind of starts really unlearning. And that means being proactive and trying to figure out, okay, what are the, my beliefs around this idea? So what are my beliefs around uh, me feeling like an imposter? What are the thoughts that I have around this? What are the behaviors that I display as somebody that suffers from imposter syndrome? What are some of the assumptions that I make as somebody that suffers? Because you could be making assumptions about potential clients. You could be making assumptions about the the things that you're offering. There's a lot of things that are in your head that you need to address head on because you can't counteract them if you don't know what they look like. Right. And also being very in touch with your emotions as well. Practicing this idea of emotional intelligence is recognizing what your emotional, when you're being emotionally hijacked, what are your hot button triggers in relation to this thing? So what are some situations that might happen that might trigger you to feel like an imposter? Readily identifying those types of situations, because once you're clear on some potential triggers, then instead of immediately jumping into your emotions, you can figure out better ways to proactively just kind of stop that process before it gets any worse. The simple question of a client asking you, well, okay, well, you know, how much are your services or how much is this package? If that's an emotional trigger for you, if you find that you're becoming a little anxious when that you get asked that question, or if you get in your feelings and start to get uncomfortable, then my challenge for you is to find ways to really get to the, again, the root of that issue, you know, what's behind that question. So it's going to take some learning in the actual process once you figure it out, okay, when people ask me this question, it makes me feel this way. So what can I do instead of how I normally 
react? What, what's my normal habit? What's my normal reaction? What's my normal behavior? Which might be the stumbling of the words or the getting uncomfortable and the movement in, in the chair. What are some ways I can proactively answer this question with confidence? Right. And that might be, you may need to explore working with a financial coach to work on uh, money mindsets or listen to a podcast related to you know money related topics. Read a book. There's so many different things, or it could be an issue of communication. You may need to work on your communication skills to move from being a passive communicator when it comes to the topic of money or learning to just become a more assertive communicator when it comes to the idea of selling, or you might need to do an online course on uh, sales techniques or sales conversations, working with someone that can help you in that capacity. Again, it really takes you being clear on what it looks like in your life in a negative way, what you get from it, but how it could be better and what it makes you feel as well so that you can proactively start to replace your old habits with new habits along the way. And again, it's not going to be overnight. It's going to take time and you will, you know, sometimes you will get it right and be able to pivot and other times you may not, but it's just that self-awareness throughout the process that helps, you know, keeps you going and keeps you moving and helps you to learn lessons about yourself along the way. Really, it comes down to recognizing too that, I mean, you have to start, the starting point is recognizing that you're, do, that this is happening. Exactly. And, that, that, and that understanding. Like, oh, this is the thing. <laughs> right. Right. As you were describing all of that, I was reflecting on I, earlier this week, I had a conversation with an executive coach. Her name is Dr. Susan Bernstein. Mm-hmm. The reason that we were having this conversation was because I had replied to a post of hers in a entrepreneurial network group that we're both in. Um, and she was asking the question of what were some examples of when people's confidence was compromised mm. in a corporate setting and what has, you know, how have they responded to that? And so, you know, her post was a couple of weeks old when I saw it and nobody had commented on it. And I was like, well, I'll, okay, I'll give her, no. <laughs> I, I can, I have something I can chime in with that. And the conversation that started then was, you know, how can you move past those blocks that come from being in a toxic environment? Mm -hmm. And, you know, she said, would you be willing to talk to me? I think I might be able to give you a couple of tips to be able to help move past that if you feel that that still is, you know, still is being a block for you. So we had that conversation this week. And one of the things that she suggested that I do, which I heard you saying in sort of the same way was think about what's happening when you feel that uh -huh. that that tension that lack of confidence you know which probably is then surfacing when in that imposter syndrome time frame uh -huh. recognize what you're feeling what is that thought and write it down and then next to that write down seven or eight things that you are good at because awesome. she said what you'll start to do then is to start to retrain your brain to think about what you're good at and not worry about whatever it is that you think you're not good at or whatever's causing true. you to have that 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 hiccup of I'm not this is not something I should do. But then she also said recognize how you feel physically exactly. when you have that that thought. 
and really start to describe what that feeling is and where is it? Is it, you know, where is it in your body? Is it near the surface? Is it deep? What does it feel like? How heavy is it? What shape is it? Does it move? You know, and she's asking me all these things and I'm like, I've never <laughs> thought about any of these. <laughs> But, but as she was describing it, I also could remember like two or three very specific times when, when I did just have this flood of feelings, not mm -hmm. necessarily mm -hmm. thought feelings, but physical feelings that happened right before something else, you know, exactly. and, and I was and she said, you know, there's a lot of power in being able to recognize those physical feelings and those physical responses to be able to overcome those things that are blocking you emotionally as well. It's so true because like I was saying, you know, when it comes to these sales conversations, because you, your body will, it, your body speaks to you if you'll only pay it some attention. Even if you're not having those thoughts in your head about it, if you start shifting in your chair or your hands start getting clammy or, you know, you start feeling those butterflies in your stomach, but not in a good way, your body is telling you something that if you're paying attention, you recognize that this is something that's making you uncomfortable. It's making you anxious. It's giving you some type of anxiety in that moment. And so what do you need to learn from that? Right. And that was the other thing that she said was when you identify those physical feelings, reflect on what they're doing and then ask that feeling, what is it that you want me to learn right now? Mm -hmm. She sounds like my kind of gal. <laughs> Maybe she is. Maybe I need to introduce the two of you. But it was a really interesting conversation because it did get me thinking about you know, a variety of different times because it doesn't matter where we're at in our entrepreneurial journey. We're always going to we're always going to hit a point, I think, where we're going to start having that feeling of self-doubt or questioning or Definitely. is this risk one that I want to take? Mm -hmm. Is this, you know, is this the business direction I want to go? And I find in working with my clients on helping them develop out their brand that a lot of times once they've really found that root purpose of why they started their business, mm -hmm. if they've not taken that time to do it and they're maybe three or five years yep. into it, they start to realize that there are things that they've done that maybe don't align really well with why they started their business. And now, and, and suddenly they're, they're seeing, oh, well, this is why I got all of these clients that I couldn't figure out why they were coming to me yep. because they are not really who I want to serve. Then they have all of these things that they do need to go back to, to your word, unlearn because they've come to a realization that what they didn't know in the past, you know, mm -hmm. the you don't know what you don't know, has mm -hmm. guided them down a slightly different path than they wanted to be on. And now they need to course correct and get back over to where they do want to be and, and really work through that. And that was me when I first went into business. I started off with a fairly clear idea of my why, but along the way, I allowed uh, for clients to dictate what I was doing in my business. I started taking on clients that just weren't necessarily the best of fits because I was just like, well, they're a client, they're a client. And that I, desperation of, I need somebody. Exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. 
exactly. And moving very, um, very far away from this why, this original why. And I got to a place in space where I was overwhelmed. I was burnt out. I was frustrated, but I allowed that to happen. And so I agree. Knowing your why is, that's your guiding star. (laughs) You have to be very clear on that because it will help to inform you of the things that are a good fit for you business-wise and entrepreneurially and, you know, the clients you should be taking on and the opportunities you should be pursuing and the ones that aren't the best fit, or at least not at this stage. Um, It is very helpful in letting you discern like, okay, yes, this is something I really wanted to explore. Oh, no, not the best fit for me or no, not right now. If you are unclear about your why, you're not going to be able to do that. And you're going to get to this place where you're just like, okay, how did I even get here? Right. I like to tell my clients too that it 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 gives you the power to say no. Exactly. Exactly. Early on in my my journey of doing of working independently, I w- participated in a mastermind and you know we were from a variety of different backgrounds and and I remember the executive coach who was running it saying to me after hearing me describe, you know, what I wanted to do and who, what the kind of clients I could work with and that sort of thing. And she goes, you know, you really could work with anybody in the service industry. And I was like, you know, I thought about it. And I was like, well, yeah, you're right. And so I kind of went with that for a few months of absolutely. I could work with anybody in the service industry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what I started to realize was, well, sure I could. Could. <laughs> But it doesn't mean that I want to, nor does it mean that everybody in the service industry is going to be a good fit for what I do. Exactly. And, and so it took some work to peel back. So what, what's the other um, defining point, Mm -hmm. you know? Yes, service industry is very broad, but let's niche that down just a little bit further. And, and what is that point? For me, it became people who are in whatever service they're providing for the good of what they provide to their clients. Mm. You know, there has to be, they have to be in it for the service that they are providing, not for the profit that comes with it. Mm. And, and that, that is a clear distinction. Right. And once I got to that, then I was like, okay, I had a much clearer understanding. Yeah. I could identify people easier uh, you know if I had a line of prospects I could identify very quickly which ones were going to be a good fit for me and which ones weren't mm-hmm. and as I reflected back on what my what my why statement is I see that in the reflection of you have to be in service for the good of the service that you're providing reflected in exactly because my why statement is to lead with compassion and an open heart so that others succeed. Mm. If you're leading with profit, I love it. <laughs> you're not going to be a good fit to work with me. And it helps you to draw a line in the sand. It helps your clients to right. identify you as well. Right. Well, and it's better for them. If I can understand, if I can recognize that I'm not a good fit for them, mm-hmm. I'm going to do them a favor by saying, I'm going to suggest that, that you should consult with this person or that exactly. person. Or, or someone else because I don't feel that I'm the right person to be able to work with you. There's a lot of power in that. Absolutely. And so yeah, this entrepreneurship journey is, there's a lot of un- unlearning. Yes, <laughs> there, there really is. 
And um, with that, maybe we should wrap our conversation up today <laughs> with with that that point. I think though one of the key things that I took from this, and then I I'll, I'll leave it to you for the for your last word in it was I also found myself reflecting back on a lot of the things that I've read from Brene Brown. Of mm -hmm. We cannot make up the stories of what's going on in someone else's head oh and, and view them as truth. That's so true. And we find ourselves all too often doing that. Exactly. And, and multiple times, as you were describing different scenarios of how we can get in our way, mm -hmm. it was because we are projecting something onto someone else as being truth when we have had no conversation mm -hmm. or no ability to know that what they are thinking is going to actually happen. This is such a timely conversation because I literally just had this conversation with my, my psychology students about defense mechanisms and projection is one of those mm -hmm. and how we put off our own feelings on other people as a defense mechanism. And so that's one thing all of us need to keep in mind. You know, when we're in this place and space where we find ourselves creating these stories or projecting, we're trying to, uh, to protect ourselves from something. And it's usually when we're feeling anxious about something, we're feeling uncomfortable about something. And that's what you really need to explore in that moment. The story is just a symptom of the issue so it's time to take a deep dive deeper dive into that issue right well thank you so much cache for being on the pursuit of purpose with me today could you just share with my listeners how they can find you what podcast players that you're on you know how can how can we find you and continue to learn about unlearning from you? sure so uh, the podcast again is called all things unlearned and uh, it is on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, uh, Spotify, and Stitcher, and a few other platforms at this point. And uh, also feel free to join us in the uh, All Things Unlearned Facebook group. It's called All Things Unlearned, the community, where we talk about unlearning beyond the podcast. And feel free to check out my, my website. It's cachetprescott.com. And thank you so much for having me, Amy. Thank you. This has been the Pursuit of Purpose podcast presented by Austin Marketing. If you enjoyed the show, please be sure to leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast player. Head over to amyaustinmarketing.com for links and resources mentioned in today's show, as well as ways to subscribe and connect with Amy. Thanks for listening.